about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, you got a Bible this morning? All right, go to Matthew chapter 6 this morning. I'm going to start to talk this morning about uh, why the church fails. Why in my life I failed for a while, maybe in your life you're failing also. But there's certain things in the Bible that are really, really important. And when you get these specific things down, it clears up a lot of the other problems that you have. It's like you figure this out, then everything else you've been dealing with gets figured out at the same time. So Matthew chapter 6. Are you there? Look at verse 33. Probably never been there before, but... Jesus is speaking. He says there's a couple priorities here he wants you to do. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Notice, seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? And what? Now notice what it says there. This is very important. He wants you to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The problem with the church in a lot of areas is because preachers all the time don't preach who you are they preach who you are. In other words, what do they do? All the time they're very strong in teaching of man's need for righteousness. Oh, you've got weaknesses here you need to change. You have inabilities to please God. You've got to keep trying harder in the sins of the believer. You just walk in the flesh all the time. You don't, don't hook up with the world conformity. You've got a lack of faith. And it leaves the church with unworthiness and confirmation in their heart. In other words, you see yourself as someone who's unworthy, someone who's in condemnation, someone basically who's, who's not in righteousness with God. But notice, God doesn't care about your righteousness. He cares about his righteousness. And his righteousness is completely different than the righteousness that we try to do or try to perform once we get into the kingdom of God. Most of it were raised in religion. We were laid in the thing that had to do all with our efforts, with what we did, with what happened, how hard we tried, how hard we struggled. But notice, his righteousness has nothing to do with what you do. It has all to do with what he did. So if you're performing in any area of your life to try to get in right alignment with God, you're basically in doubt and unbelief because his blood already provided what you're trying to get in a right standing with God. If you feel inferior in God's presence, I mean, we, we praise and worship this morning. We were talking about God's presence. God's presence is a freebie. See, I wish I could get in God's presence. Well, God wishes you would too. See, he says, you draw near to me and I'll. The veil was rent from top to bottom, not from bottom to top. But everybody in the church is trying to rip that veil. to do it. What can I do next? What can I do to get close to God? What can I do to please God? You've got more faith in your efforts than you do his efforts. And when you got that, you're going to live in religion and you're going to live in guilt and condemnation your whole life and you're never going to have an intimate relationship with God because you're too busy trying to get approved by God when God has already approved you because of what Jesus did on the cross. Are you following me this morning? 
I mean, there's people living in this all the time that they've got this mentality basically of sin and of no good and I fall short and this and that. And then if you actually find out about his righteousness through the blood freely given and start walking in it, everybody wants to get mad at you and cause you prideful and, and cause you somebody that really thinks you're something and, and what's he doing? He thinks he can talk to God. He thinks he can talk to God like that. He can, I talk to God like I talk to anybody else. I don't have to thee and thou him. Are you following? But notice, this was all provided by him, not by you. Your efforts don't make any difference. As a matter of fact, your efforts should be because you have accepted his righteousness, not to get his righteousness. Are you following? We were over on Thursday again with the kids, and, and Cash was there, and they had this little game where you turn it, and a thing pops up. You push the button, a thing pops up. You move the thing that pops up. And he was sitting there in the middle of the floor, and I got that game out for him to play. And every time he'd, like, turn the thing, and it'd pop up, he'd look over at us. <laughs> Why? Because he wanted us to go, good job, Cassie, good job. And then he'd push the button, and he'd look over at us, and we'd go, great job, Cassie, great job. Notice, he was looking for approval from us, not knowing that he already has approval for us. I don't care if he could pop that thing up or not. Made no, uh, come on, it didn't make any difference to me. He's approval because he's my grandchild. He's part of my family, and I don't care if he can or not. But we're the same way. We're always trying to do something to get a pat on the back from God to try to get his approval. Well, this is what I did, and that's what I did. Then because we believe that way, we want to get mad at everybody else who's not doing those things. Well, I go to church every Sunday, Wednesday. I even cleaned the bathroom one time, and look at her. She don't do anything here in the church. She just sits there and that's it and does nothing. See, all that stuff leads to basically, in your life, it's going to mess you up. You're going to lose your peace. You're going to lose your joy. We are to seek his righteousness, and his righteousness is by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, not by what you've done or you haven't done. All that is religion. People go to church. Why? To become righteous. People pray. Why? To become righteous. People try their best to do everything. Why? To become righteous. But notice, you don't become righteous through your efforts. If you could, you could have got saved without Jesus going to the cross, and you could have did it yourself. So we walk into God. We get saved, born again. We say we couldn't do anything to do it. Then we want to do everything after that. And by doing that, we get into rigid, and we live in guilt and condemnation our whole life. We pray like somebody who's guilty. We play like, oh God, ah, uh, you probably won't answer my prayer, and I sure don't deserve to have my prayer done. Well, what are you praying for then? You've already answered your own prayer. See, but that mentality has got to be removed. The Bible calls it a sin conscious. It calls it an evil consciousness. Why? Because you're more mindful of sin than you are of what Jesus has done for you. And this is taking place by preachers preaching sin constantly rather than what Jesus provided on the cross and made you freely by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're good. We talk about faith. Faith comes by? Yeah. Well, if somebody tells you that you keep sinning and you've got to keep sinning and you're no good and you're unworthy, faith cometh. And pretty soon you're unworthy, and you're such a sinner, and God's way up there, and I'm way down here, and, and all that stuff. Then you live that way. You can't connect with God that way. You wonder why nothing's happening in your life that way, because basically you're in what's called doubt and unbelief, because you have an evil heart on the inside of you. Are you following me? All right, go to Psalm 66. Right, Psalm 66, look at verse 18. It says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. 
Well, why won't God hear me? Because you're regarding iniquity in your heart. Now, what does it mean to regard iniquity? You are regarding yourself as a sinner, as a low life, as unworthy before the holy God, not knowing that you've already been made holy by God, by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you following me? So what do I do all the time? I've got this sin consciousness. I, I just feel so lowly. I just feel so unworthy. People reaching out, people crying, people cut themselves, people go to church, people give. People do all these things to become righteous, not knowing that they've been made righteous. And all the works that we do are works of righteousness, not works to get righteousness. So once you know your righteousness, you do things simply because you're a righteous person and you do these things, but you know your righteousness. Remember the Pharisees? There was no more self-righteous person in the world than them. They wore the right clothes. They did the right things. They talked the right talk. They did everything. And Jesus came along and says, your righteousness is filthy rags. And there's a lot of filthy ragging going on in the church, in our mentalities, on our side. We regard sin in our heart. We regard that we can't do it. Well, God probably won't answer me. He won't do this. He won't do that. But notice, here it says, God will not, if you, if you regard iniquity. It's not even up to God. If you regard iniquity in your heart, God won't answer your prayers. Why? Because he doesn't answer the prayers of someone in that attitude. Do you understand? He only answers the prayer of someone who knows who they are through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. You enter into the holy place or you enter into the presence of God on a daily basis, not whether you had a good day or a bad day, not whether you're a good boy or a good girl two minutes ago, whether you believe in the blood that cleansed you to allow you to walk into the presence of God. Are you following me? So it's all by faith in what he provided in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if we regard sin, you hear people talk all the time, well, you know, I've been born again now for 10 years, but I can't do much for God because way back before I was born again, I did this and I did that and I got drunk and I ran around and I did this and I did that. The blood already took care of all this and that and it's already washed away. There's no reason why you should even bring that stuff in unless it's a testimony to help somebody else who needs help with it. By God, there's no reason to bring it back up anymore. See, well, I was just an alcoholic, and now since I was, you know, God doesn't going to use me because, my God, I was really terrible back then. I was, has no bearing on the case because the blood was strong enough. See, most people don't even appreciate the blood any more than bulls and goats. The bulls and goats in the Old Testament was there to cover sin because God could not remove sin from them. So it was covered with the blood of bulls and goats. Most people think the same way in the church. He's just covering my sin and I've got to get rid of it somehow. I've got to do this and I've got to do that. No, no, you've got to believe by faith in what the blood has provided for you. That gives you entrance into his place, the holy place. You don't have to seek his approval. You already approved. You're approved because of what Jesus did on the cross. So anything you're trying to do as far as works, as far as doing things religious, doing things holy, going to visit this person, going to do that, none of that should be to impress God. No. See? Oh, I look at that one. They went to church Wednesday and Sunday, and they prayed, and oh, oh, oh I'm going to make them righteous right now. Do you think that's what God's doing up there? He's got your report card up there, and he's saying, oh, X, oh, star. X, oh, star. No, it's not that way. Jesus already provided it 2,000 years ago for a church who's now sin conscious and evil hearted and don't understand what he really did on the cross because it's not being preached. Sin is being preached. Your failures are being preached. Your faults are being preached. The flesh. Oh, the flesh. Oh, the flesh, 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 flesh. Oh, that nasty flesh. Just can't get rid of it. Your flesh was cut off from you when you got born again. You were circumcised, praise God, and all that crap that used to be on you has now passed away. Not is passing, it has passed away. So as soon as you get rid of that and understand that Jesus already provided for all your sin, I'll tell you, if the blood wasn't enough, we're in trouble. 
If the blood couldn't do it, if the blood couldn't make me holy, couldn't make me righteous, couldn't make me on even keel with God so I can walk right into him, so I can actually come boldly to the throne of grace, walk right in there, then what's going to do it for me? Well, people say, when you die and go to heaven. Well, I'll be in his presence then. I won't take any faith there. I'll be here. He'll be there. How many of you know that doesn't take any faith to understand that you can walk into his presence? So we stay out of the presence of God, and we don't live in the presence of God simply because of the mindset that we have that we have to earn our way in there in order to do it. So he's paid for sin. Go to Psalm 103. People praise God just to impress him. No, you praise God because you're already impressed. All right, Psalm 103, look at verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed my transgressions from me. Now, I'm no scholar or anything, but I've traveled east already for a long time, and I never got to west. Right? Right? And if you go west, how many know you go forever, but you're never going to get to east? So he's removed your sins so far away from you that you shouldn't even be able to find them anymore with what you've done in the past and what you've done because he's already removed your sin. Now, you didn't ask him to remove them. You didn't beg him to remove them. He removed them because he knew you needed them removed so he could have a relationship with you as a father and with a son. So he removed them as far as the east is from the West. Go to Micah chapter 7. We've got to come to the place where we understand we're in this place with God simply because of what Jesus did by the blood. And we believe that. So, so I have friendship. When we tell you to go around and hug in the morning, how many of you know you don't walk up to, to Sister Sue and say, Sister Sue, if I could mightily, please, could I just give you a little hug this morning, please? You know, I probably don't deserve to hug you this morning and, and you're so holy and righteous, but I just, could I please just give you a little hug this morning? And Brother Joe, could I? No, because we're on the same level. We're on the same. You just go around and grab people. Squeeze them, move to the next one, grab them, and talk and talk and talk. Why is that? Because there's nothing between you and the other person, do you see? You're not guilty, you're not condemned, you're not in, in any kind of stuff. So it's just a relationship. God wants that kind of relationship. He longs for that kind of relationship. He sent Jesus to get that kind of relationship, but we won't get it because we think we're smarter than he is on what he's done for us. All right, Micah, did you find it? Micah chapter 7. Look at verse 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou will cast all our sins into the depths of the what? Sea. Praise God. So where are your sins this morning? They're as far as the east is from the west. And he cast them where? Now, when Jesus said, I want to make you fishers of men, he didn't mean for you to fish for your sins. But everybody wants to fish. Man, when I was in religion, I was supposed to every night before I give it, think about everything I did wrong that day, then confess it. And then wake up in the morning. If I did anything while I was sleeping, confess it. And if I do it, and I'm not saying confession of sin is wrong. I'm thinking of being sin conscious all the time is wrong. Well, why not talk about his righteousness rather than your failings? Sometimes you act like he doesn't know your faults. 
knows everything. But he'd rather have you concentrate on what Jesus did for you rather than what you're doing for him. See, that's the important thing. What Jesus did, that's what matters. That's what happened. So what did he do? He removed my sin as far as the east from the west, praise God, and he took all my sin and he put him where? In the sea. So I'm not going to do fishing anymore. I'm not going to go diving for him anymore. I'm not going to go for him anymore. If he put him in the sea, then they're in the sea, praise God, and that's where they're going to stay, and that doesn't matter. Well, what happened when you, doesn't matter what happened then, praise God. Well, what happened way back, it doesn't matter what happened way back there. None of that stuff makes any difference. And how many know the devil's good at this? This is his job, do you understand? To keep you sin conscious, to keep you fighting in religion, to keep you self-minded and and self-preservation minded and self-do minded and do this and do that. Not understanding, if you'll just believe what he did, it will take care of what you do. God almighty, that's good. I hope you understood. I hope you understood that. Because that's where all my change has taken place. When I found out what he did for me, it erased what I was trying to do myself and I just moved right up in there and lived there. I'm holy this morning. We sing the song, I am holy, I am righteous. First time we sang it, everybody was going, I might be holy, I don't think I'm righteous, but it's in the song. Because why? You didn't have that mindset. It was blasphemy for you to say that you're holy, to say that you're righteous, to talk to God like he's a regular person. Well, he's not a regular person, and neither are you. So you're changed. You've been adjusted, so sin has been taken care of. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Did I do enough? Have I done enough to please God today? Am I pleasing God right now? Maybe I could do the bingo. Maybe I could do the party. Maybe I could do this. Maybe I could, whatever it takes to get God to like me. What can I do? And people get involved in everything. And how many, you know, you're not called to do everything. And it won't take you long to find that out. You've got a calling and you do that calling, praise God. You help out where you can, you do. But you don't have to do everything to please God. You do everything because they're already pleasing to God. I'll tell you, knowing you're pleased, please. Look at Jesus. You know, Jesus healed nobody before God was pleased with him. Delivered nobody. He came up out of the water after being baptized, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, praise God, when I came up out of the water, he said, there's my beloved son, Tom, and I am well pleased with him. At that time, I hadn't preached one sermon, hadn't read the Bible, haven't done anything, but I was still well-pleasing to him because anything I did wasn't going to make me well-pleasing. I was already well-pleasing because of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when I got born again, it changed my whole attitude to, to receive what he did rather than try to earn things through what I do. All right, Colossians chapter 2. Where am I? Colossians. Colossians. That's good. I'm sorry. Colossians chapter 2, look at verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he made alive together with him, having forgiven you a few of your light transgressions, some of your bad treasures, all your treasures. Now notice, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he took them out of the way, nailing them to the cross. Hallelujah. Say, blot it out. Now, this, this works for me because when I was writing the book, I'd write a little bit, then I had a lot of blotting out to do. And when I blotted something out, I blotted it out to a place where I couldn't even see it anymore. Now they call it, well, they call it in the government that they don't want you to see that you probably should see redacted or something like that. Yeah. This is redacted. No, we don't want you to see it, so we blacked it out is what it means. So notice, your sins, I don't care how many you committed. I don't care how many times you got drunk. I don't care how many times you messed around. I don't care how many times you... Notice, on the cross, he took them to the cross and he blotted them out. He took the book and he blotted them. They're not there anymore. The the, the only reason why God even knows they're there because you keep telling him. 
You keep trying to remind him, and he goes to the book, said, no, that's blotted out. Oh, no, it's in there. I did that, God. You remember? I remember the date and the time, September 24, 1985. He says, no, it's been blotted out. No, no, I did that. You remember that. Sometimes we like guilt and condemnation. But that's not who we are. That's not the way to live. You cannot live guilty with an evil conscience before God, and you cannot live with a sin conscience. If you're talking about failures, if you're talking about your sins, if you're talking about all these things all the time, you need to change it, praise God. Start talking about what he did. Hallelujah. Jesus went to the cross. He bore my sicknesses, carried my diseases, and with his stripes, I'm healed, praise God. He blotted out all my sins. My sins are as far as the east is from the west. Glory to God. They're buried into the depths of the sea, praise God. Well, you messed up yesterday. I don't care. That went to the sea too, praise God. It's already been blotted out. The blood is taken care of it, praise God. Devil comes in and says, oh no, Mm, he's going to forgive you this time. You said you weren't going to do that again, and you did it again, so now he doesn't forgive it when you do that kind of stuff, isn't it? No, though, the blood paid for past, present, and future sins it's already been provided just confess your sin move on he makes you righteous and you step right back in walk back into righteousness but this this thing of trying to do things to impress him is just going to wear you out and make christianity no fun whatsoever takes all the fun out of it works takes the fun out of anything praise god it does the bible says he will purge your conscience from dead works did you ever wonder what the dead works were Come on, we read this stuff. The dead works are you trying to purge your own conscience by doing things, and it's, they're dead works. They're worthless. They ain't doing nothing. I don't care how many times you did this or did that or gave so much money away or did what. That's what people who aren't born again do. They try to get right with God. They're millionaires, so they give $100,000 to a charity someplace, and they think they hooked up with God. I mean, no, they didn't. You can't buy your way into heaven. It ain't going to work that way, but they don't know that. So they're trying to buy their way into heaven. It's the same way with, with people in the church who are born again. You're trying to buy your way into things that God has already pre and, and the thing is, he wanted all this stuff more than we did. We keep thinking, I would sought by religion. He doesn't want it. He really doesn't want that close a relationship with me. He certainly doesn't want me in heaven. Dear God, as bad as I am. But I found out that he did all this stuff, basically. It, it was on his end that he did all this stuff for me to step into his presence and and do what needs to be done. So your sins are blotted out this morning. I don't care what you did. I don't care how bad it was. I don't care how bad you screwed up. I don't care whatever. And if you'll start believing in the righteousness that he gave to you, you'll quit regarding iniquity. I turn on the the news and I turn on the radio and stuff. Sometimes I hear preachers all say, preach is iniquity. Sin, you're sinners. You're terrible. You've got to do better. What's the matter with you? Have you changed yet? Try harder. Do this. All that does is drives you nuts. And keeps you coming back. You know why? Because you're never going to change. Well, I'm getting closer to righteousness. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing this for 25 years. I'm right on the edge of it now. Well, how do you know when you're going to be righteous? I don't know, but I know I'm just about right there. No, you can be righteous right away, praise God. Innocent right away. Every child born of the natural is innocent. You were born in the kingdom. You're innocent, praise God. He's washed all that stuff away and taken care of it. Go to Romans chapter 8. Awful quiet in here this morning. Am I in the Methodist church? <laughs> Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 1, Romans 8, 1. There is therefore, when? Now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. 
For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law or my works could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh or mindful of our works and our stuff, but after the spirit, what Jesus did. For they that are after the flesh... They mind the things of the, but they that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the. Spirit. Now, verse four or verse six: For to be carnally minded is, but to be spiritually minded is, life and peace. Oh, I don't understand. I don't have any peace. I can't do anything. Yeah, you're carnally minded. You're flesh minded. You're basing your whole life on how you're doing and what you do and whether you do it right or wrong and whether you don't. You always got to be doing something. You always got to be trying to impress God. You always got to. God never called you to do that. You can't do it. He knew you couldn't do it. So he provided it for us so we could walk with him in it and we could have life and peace rather than be carnally minded. I'm just so confused. I'm just so troubled. I'm just so, yeah. And half people are less troubled before they go to church. Just saying. I mean, I'm not bashing the church. I'm just trying to tell you what you should be listening to and what you shouldn't. You shouldn't be listening to that stuff. Nobody has to convince you you were a sinner at one time. You were. You're not fighting that. But notice by the change of your mind, I want to I concentrate on reflect what he's done for me. I want to collect that he went to the cross for me. He took my sins away. He healed my body. He, he gave me victory. He did not, what well, I'm doing, how I'm doing, how I'm doing. And then you try to impress other people. Well, we go to church every Sunday and Wednesday and you probably ever show up. I guess because we're just holier and closer to God than you are. Don't mean a thing. If you're going to church for that reason, you're probably better off staying home with them. Because you're not impressing anybody. You're not doing it. You're trying to do it through your own works, and you don't do that. You receive it, praise God. We try to get saved through our own works. It did not work. So here it says, where are you going to be? Are you going to be fleshly minded and be carnal and live in death? Or are you going to be spiritually minded and think about all the things that Jesus provided for me and all the things that Jesus did? All right, go to Romans chapter 4. All right, look at verse 25. Talking about Jesus, who was delivered for our offenses, and he was raised again for our justification. Therefore, I don't know why they split the chapter there. It don't really make sense. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So here he says, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he did that basically so that we could be justified. When he was raised, justification was made, made available to us, and we received that justification. Now, what does justification mean? Just as if I never sinned. We know that, but we still remember the sins that we've been justified from, thinking that that's just some kind of term. No, just as if I never sinned, which means you never sinned according to God. You were justified. And notice, Jesus took our sins. He became our sins. Is that what the Bible says? And he went to the cross, suffered and died. And notice this, he went from the grave being your sin, having your sins. And as soon as he was raised from the dead, he went right into the throne room of God. That means it don't matter how bad you were. 
You never took on all the sins of the world, for God's sakes. You didn't become everybody's sin. And and we're afraid to go into the place where Jesus went when he was a lot worse off than we were because he took everybody's sin there and he went right in. Why is that? Because he was justified as if he never sinned. Now, Jesus, when he walked walked the earth, he he had an advantage on us. Do you know that? What advantage was it? He never did. We are just as if we never sinned, but he never sinned. <laughs> so he couldn't remember all the old sins he did because he never did any. But when he became sin, I mean, that's worse than wherever we ever were. And basically he was taken into heaven. It was opened up. And notice what it says here. Therefore, being justified by your works, by trying your best, by doing all you can do. No, by faith in what Jesus did, we now have peace with who? Peace with God. There it is. My God. I got peace with God. I can talk to God any way I want. I can be driving down the road and say, how's it going today? Praise God. What's happening? Glory to God. What do you want to do today? Glory to God. You want me to do this today? Okay, that's fine. Praise God. We don't have to. Oh, Do you hear me, Lord? Do you hear me, Lord? Not if you regard sin in your heart. He doesn't hear you. If you come to him as a worm, if you come to him unworthy, if you come to him as somebody that doesn't have legal rights in the kingdom of God, you're not going to receive to him because we access everything by faith. And faith is what was freely provided, and we have faith. So we have faith. I have faith that I'm holy. I have faith that I'm righteous. I have faith that I have a great relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. I, I walk in victory. I walk in power. I walk in the anointing. I walk in all these things that belong to me. But you can't do that if you're sin conscious because you're always wondering how you're going to get righteous enough to get what God has already gave you. So a lot of people seek ye first the kingdom of God and their righteousness, and all these things aren't being... So then they think I'm preaching a false scripture when I'm not. They're seeking the wrong righteousness. Are you following me? We want to seek his righteousness. Well, how are you going to do that? You're going to have to find out what he did, aren't you? You have to find out what he did in the book, what he provided for you, what's there. And basically when you find it, you say, praise God, I'm justified. Just as if I never sinned, glory to God. Somebody comes up and you said, remember what happened? I don't remember, praise God, because it's just as if I ever sinned, praise God. It's already gone and I'm, I'm different, I'm new, praise God. I'm holy, I'm righteous in God, glory to God. It's so good. I'm just as if I never sinned, praise God. And that's the way we live then. When you live that way, now you're in communion with God all the time. You're not praying and wondering whether he hears you. He has no choice. Because if you pray according to his will, the Bible says he. And if he hears you, then you have the petitions that you. That makes prayer pretty easy, doesn't it? We've already learned his will, haven't we? So I know his will, praise God. Uh, I'm praying according to his will. Uh, I'm not regarding iniquity in my heart. And if I pray according to his will, I know he hears me. And if he hears me, it's as good as done, praise God, because most of the time it's already done, and I'm just growing into what's already done, so I get a revelation of it. So I'm holy and righteous. You're holy and righteous this morning. You may not believe it. You may not think that way. You may still be trying to work your way into it. Well, just keep trying. Keep fighting. Keep working. Keep struggling. And when you get tired, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. Hallelujah. All right, one more. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This scripture is by far in second place behind Matthew 6, 33. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is 
a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become, and all things are of who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So this explains it, don't it? As soon as you got born again, entered the kingdom of God, you became a brand new creation. God recreated you. Now on the inside of you is the nature of God. On the inside of you are the gifts of God. On the inside of you is the Holy Ghost. You have been made righteous. You've been made holy. Here it says, if any man be in Christ, he is. Say is. is. Say it again, is. is. Most people get born again and spend their whole life trying to become a new creation. You already is. In their mindset, though, how many know it takes a while to catch up, don't it? Because you still yourself as a loser, you see yourself as an alcoholic, see yourself as a drug addict, see yourself as all these things, see yourself as somebody who's having all these problems, you know, I got trouble with this and trouble with that. No, you don't have trouble with that. You're a new creation, and basically the power to be delivered comes from the new creation in you through the anointing in you to set you free of things, not by you struggling to try to get free in your soul of what's going on. So basically here it says you're a brand new creation. Old things have done what? Have done what? How many of you had any relation that passed away? How many know they passed away? How many know they're still not hanging around? Still not floating around someplace? No, they... So, praise God, the other old things have passed away. They're gone. They're dead. They're gone. I'm not dying to myself. I'm dead to the old self. The old self is dead. He's not dying. If he, and if he's still dying, then Jesus has got to go back to the cross and finish him off. He's only half dead, praise God. Well, let's go back and kill him the second time. No, one time was enough. He died on the cross. He's dead and gone, and you'll never go anywhere thinking that he's still alive. You'll never go anywhere thinking old things have not passed away because you know those things got to pass away for you to have a relationship with God, and you will try to make sure they pass away in your own efforts. So here it says old things have passed away. What about the new things, God? Well, I'm glad you asked. Verse 18, and all things are of who? God. So all the things that I was recreated in recreated are of God. So is worry of God, unworthiness of God, failure of God, sickness of God, down and out of God, bad days of God, within all them things. So why do we claim? See, you're the one causing the resurrection of the old man through the way that you think. You try to speak him back into existence in your life. Try to claim him. And by claiming that kind of stuff, it'll, it'll come alive again. It'll come alive. You'll start getting into it in your soul and start doing it. But notice, it passed away, and all these new things are of God. Notice, who hath, say hath. hath. I mean, oh, hath is past tense. He has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, how many know that's good news? And notice what it says next. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the, you can say it, world unto himself, he's not even imputing their trespasses unto them. Yet when we try to save somebody, we try to get them to confess every bad thing that they ever did in their entire life, when God's not even holding those things against them anymore, because he already reconciled them to him. The only problem is they don't know that they've been reconciled, like most of the church don't know they've been reconciled, so both are living like each other. But to get somebody saved, good news is not that you're a sinner and you need to change. They've been trying to change for 50 years. Uh, you can do better. They know they can do better. That ain't going to help them. Good news is, hey, it's been provided. You're already reconciled to God. All you got to do is receive your reconciliation that Jesus bought for you by the blood. It belongs to you. How many know that's more appealing than me getting rid of all my sins before I got saved? Because there ain't enough years of life for me to do that. 
I mean, if you were down, wrote down every sin before I turned 30 that I ever did, there wouldn't be enough of rolls of toilet paper to sign the whole things over and over again to do it, praise God. Come on now. And thank God we don't have to remember all those things. Dear Lord, because the devil will keep bringing them up. He'll tell you what you forgot, and it keeps coming up. But that's not it. Notice, he has already, on the cross, reconciled the entire world. Now, to me, that's hard to understand sometimes. Because when I see people out there, I'm thinking, I wouldn't died for those people. You ought to be out of your mind, praise God. I mean, just, just look at politics. Can you believe he died and reconcil reconciled some of them people? Dear Lord, I'm calling fire down from heaven, and he's trying to reconcile them. Come on, right? It's the way it should be, but no, no, he knows what he's doing. He, he died for everybody. He's reconciling everybody to himself. That means the worst person out there, the most vicious, rotten, stinky person out there could get born again, immediately declared justified and righteous, and walk right into the presence of God. And here's you after 30 years still trying to get in, knocking at the door, trying to get the key in the hole, shouting for God, dancing, jumping, doing something for God to do something. No, you dance and jump because God's already done something. And there's something to jump about, praise God. We praise God because we've got something to praise about, not to praise so he gives us something. Because he already did it for us. We praise him for what he did, praise God. Hallelujah. And now we're walking in that relationship. We're walking in thanksgiving. We're walking in prayer all the time. We're walking in a relationship with God. Here, we don't have to wait till we die and go to heaven. I was told everything, you'll have peace when you get to heaven. You'll have joy when you get to heaven. You'll be righteous when you get to heaven. Well, I didn't want to go to heaven. Because in order to go to heaven, I had to die. And I didn't want to die. So what kind of encouraging thing was that? You're going to have a great time when you get to heaven. I'm <laughs> only 20. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> See, but that's what we've been taught. Put it off, put it off, put it off. But it says right now through your justification, you have peace with God right now, praise God, in this day and this hour. You have peace with God today, praise God. When you're driving down the road, God's right there, praise God, at your service, whatever you want. Hallelujah. You don't have to do anything special. You don't have to be any nicer. You don't have to do nothing. But this will change you. It'll make you bolder. It'll make you nicer. It'll make you line up with the things of God, basically. Basically because the change takes place by faith in what he already provided, not by your works that you continually try to do. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. All right. Let's pray. Praise God. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus, number one, to the cross. Praise God. And Glory to God, I thank you for the justification. I thank you my sins are in the depths of the sea. I'm not going fishing, praise God. I thank you and give you praise. They blotted them out, and I'm not getting anything to erase them. Lord God, that's great, and I thank you for what you've done. I thank you that we now walk in justification. We walk in our righteousness. We walk in what you provided for us. You want this relationship with your people, and you want it now. And I thank you, Father, for being a good friend, for being a good God, for being a, a good Father. And we give you praise and glory today that, that all sin consciousness would be removed from our hearts. We would not regard iniquity in our hearts and in our souls anymore and when we do Holy Spirit you show us where we're doing it we get that stuff out of there and I thank you for the relationship you've given to each and every person here on the same basis not how good we are how bad we are whether a pastor or a person no basically because Jesus provided it by your blood and we thank you for it and praise you for it in Jesus name and everybody said yeah. amen all right praise God
Christ the King.